We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, what's up, good people? Christy Winter Scott and Gabe Ibrahim with you for some courtside action on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We have so much to discuss, as always, Gabe, with some cranberry juice and some popcorn. You know the cranberry has no ice and it has a lime in it. And we're ready to chit-chat about some hoops. And for me, the upsets have been the story. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a crazy year so far. I mean, we've had... South Carolina lose already, which didn't happen all of last year after actually about this point, they lost one game and then they didn't lose the rest of the way. Um, We haven't seen UConn play yet, which is an upset in itself. Uh, (laughs) We've seen, we've seen Maryland lose to Missouri state. We've seen that Maryland beat Arkansas. We saw Arkansas beat Baylor. So it's crazy. And I think, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, this is kind of a, a year. I didn't necessarily expect this much so fast. But in college football, you kind of saw teams like just up and down because, you know, some weeks you're going to have people out with COVID. Some weeks you're just not there mentally because of what's happening around you. You're missing some support. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be crazy all season. Oh, I I am right there with you. I just think that the push pull of it all is so taxing. And, you know, clearly for the players and coaches who are directly involved, but also for the fans, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, there's going to be such a big game tonight. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, not so much. It's canceled. And it's not just postponed. It's like done. Like we're not playing that game. And so, I mean, that's just across the board, all sports, all levels. Like it's just a day-to-day eggshell tiptoe that's Mm -hmm. going on with sports. And, you know, it's just tough, I'm sure, mentally and physically for the athletes involved just to – you know, watch the scouting tapes and, and watch all the, you know, the clips on your opponents and then, you know, work in practice for that yep. specific team. And then the day of the game, hey, yeah, we're not going to do that. And then just like have to, you know, recalibrate and get refocused for the next game that may or may not happen. So it's just, that's a lot to process. And it sounds like, oh, just keep it moving. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep it moving is is easier said than done sometimes, especially in 2020 when there's so much going on. You just don't know what is coming up next mm-hmm. and, and how that will impact you. And and just with the, the upsets, <laughs> I like what you said about how UConn hasn't played and, and that's an upset <laughs> in and of itself because – I mean, you know, a lot of teams haven't even taken the court yet. And some teams have played one game to maybe four or five games. And, you know, injuries have occurred. If you're talking about Maryland and Angel Reese, who was a a big piece of what they were planning to do this season. And now she's out for 12 weeks. And, you know, it's just tough. How do you gauge that when 
you're moving forward and trying to prognosticate mm. what conference play is going to look like, what overall national play is going to look like, rankings, all of that. So there's just so many factors that you have to figure into everything. And, and that makes it tough overall, yeah. just to try to figure out how everything is going to look because we just don't know. No, no I think it's, it's also like we, always, we, we try to like separate out sports from just life generally a lot. And right. I just don't, especially not this year, you can't do that because think about how taxing it is on, on fans and, and, and people watching, but yeah. on the support systems of the players, like you can't necessarily like just go home and see your parents if they live nearby. You don't get to see, you know, maybe the communication staff around that right. may give you like something to laugh about or, or take your mind off whatever's happening. Like there's just so much that is um, behind the scenes that is taken away. And I think you're left on an island. And to a certain extent, that means if you're a really strong team mentally, like you're prepared for this. I think that's why having seen, we, we talked about this, like having yeah. senior leadership, having, having veterans who have been there is very helpful this year, but even then I, they've never dealt with this. Like, I think it's just so it's, it's a crazy year. And, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully by March, every we're, we're a little bit more settled. Yeah. Um, and we can, and, and you know, the tournament will be more close ish to, to normal basketball. But I think for, from now until like February, it's going to be some crazy upsets. I mean, I, I just, yeah. I can't see it not happening. Um, yeah. But I did want to ask you about the big 10 because the big 10 I have not really been paying. I, I, I didn't do a preview for the Big Ten before the season started. Obviously, I read some stuff. Um, and we talk about Maryland all the time. But right. without Angel Reese, she broke, you, you mentioned it, broken right foot uh, out three months. Are, is Maryland still the favorite here? Or, or do you see someone else uh, taking the, the regular season title? Well, Indiana actually was picked preseason number one in the Big yeah. Ten this year, so it wasn't Maryland, but uh, I think just our with, favorite, <laughs> our favorite, <laughs> absolutely. So I think with with Maryland, you know, they lost the four seniors, and we've discussed this, and then they had three players um, leave the program, transfer, and go to other schools, and then you know they they have so many pieces that are great pieces. And you just were waiting for them to kind of mesh together just to see what they could contribute and how they would um, impact one another in a good way. Um, I think Shanice Lewis is still trying to get back into true form. Um, Coach Freeze alluded to, you know, her trying to get her rhythm back. I mean, she was averaging close to five assists last year. Mm -hmm. Oh, not last year, but the year before that, she missed last season with that injury to her knee. So, I think with, with her coming back and being true to her form as the season progresses, I think that will bode well without the services of Angel Reese. But I think, wow, that – oh. I mean, I was on that game when she got injured, and you could just tell when she took her shoe off to be examined on the sideline. And you never want to speculate, but the fact that where they were touching, like right underneath of her baby toe, and she could not really stand any pressure or touching to that – particular spot I was like that is a concern and then you know the the x-ray showed that she had a fractured bone in her right foot and you know to miss three months as a freshman I don't care if you're a freshman coming in and you're not the second best freshman in the country <laughs> that's still a huge adjustment and then to miss that year of development and uh, chemistry with the team is is certainly a challenge so I think um, the you know, the, the silver lining around this situation for Marilyn and Angel Reese is that, you know, she was going to get this year back anyway. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't negatively impact her overall, you know, in terms of her eligibility and, and her, you know, continued journey. And she but could come that, back. Think, yeah, she could. I think it would be right before postseason play. But then now you're talking about a team who has three months of chemistry developed. And now you plug in... Angel Reese after, you know, she only played three minutes in that game before she got hurt. So, I mean, it can be done and I'm not a naysayer by any stretch. I'm very positive minded, but I do know that that is very critical uh, in mm -hmm. terms of wanting to have great chemistry at that juncture of the season, wanting to go into postseason, playing with a great amount of rhythm like Maryland had last year, winning 17 games in a row to end the year last 
last year. So I just think that that's I, I I'm looking at Angel Reese being out of the lineup as being something that is detrimental. I mean, anybody who loses a player like that, who was dynamic in every way, inside, outside, um, defensively, on the glass, like there are just so many things that she did well and so many things that a lot of people were looking forward to her bringing to the table for Maryland uh, now missing. I think it's going to be tough. And even if she does come back, I think it's going to be difficult yeah. uh, for them to, to maintain their level of excellence of winning, you know, five of the last six titles in the big 10. Uh, but I think Indiana is, is set up for it. Um, I also think Michigan is set up for it. Okay. They're, they're playing great. Um, Nas Hillman is a problem in a good way uh, for Michigan fans. Um, but there, there are just so many great stories. And, and just uh, with Iowa playing the way they've been playing, coming down um, the stretch with Iowa State, it was like an 18-point mm -hmm. game and somehow found a way to win that. So it's just the, the grind it out of the Big Ten is in full effect already. And uh, conference play is just about to start and get into full swing. Yeah, that's so. I wanted to ask you about all of those teams actually, because um, I want to figure out, you know, because to me, and you know, I like I mentioned, I'm not like Christy is the Big Ten expert here, um, because technically Maryland's in the Big Ten, because that's life now. Uh, I'm still mad about it. It's been, I, it's been too, it's been too long for me to be mad about it, but I am mad that it's different. Um, but it, it who. Who else here is a national title contender? Because I thought Maryland is. I still think they can be without Angel Reese. We just need to get more um, data on that. Is there another national title contender here? I'm guessing the first answer would be Indiana. Uh, they did lose to Kentucky in a close one on yeah. Sunday. Kentucky's a really good team. They um, are. You know, you're not, you're not going to get – it. that's that's one of those toss-up games that, you know, if we saw in the tournament, that'd be fantastic as well. Um, right. But – Indiana has a tremendous defense. Uh, their defensive rating at right now is 69. So that's 10th best in the nation. Um, they're playing really well. They're blocking everything. I'm trying to get their block rate right now. Yeah, they're 16th in the nation block rate at 14.4%. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes is averaging 3.3 blocks a game. That's Sounds a ton. Right. So, um, so yeah. is Indiana uh, a national title contender? I mean, when they're playing well, it's a scary team. I mean, as always, Terry Morin always focuses on the defensive side of the floor. And with four returning starters that she's bringing back, I just think with Allie Patberg, she says we go as she goes. And she's a dog. Like, she just has mm -hmm. this mentality. Like, it's, I know it's about how I play. And I take full ownership of that. And for a player to say that last year, you know she's hungry to um, make that impact this year. But Grace Berger, I mean, she just had a triple-double earlier this season, the first time in program history that a triple-double was marked. Uh, and she's just – Grace Berger is just so steady anyway. I mean, she's going to do all those great things, but for her to be in a triple-double uh, window um, last week, that was pretty impressive. But I just think that, you know, they have the pieces to really impact – the league and nationally. I mean, I think, as we said, you know, they came into the preseason being the, the top team for the first time in the Big Ten. So I just think that, you know, I think a lot of people have eyes on them. A lot of people um, are talking about their chemistry, especially on the defensive side of things. But they can score. They can flat out score from many different ways. And I think that's what um, is the beauty of their team as well. Um, but who else can be a, a national contender in the league? I mean, there are five teams who are ranked in the top 25, and they're all kind of packed in right yeah, there after like the, the 12 mark and all the way down. Like Northwestern is in that. Ohio State is in that. You know, we discussed Maryland. And, I mean, Iowa, you can never count them out. Like, and Rutgers, I mean, you know, there are so many quality squads um, coming into this season for the Big Ten that, I mean, night in, night out, you're going to see great competition in the Big Ten, number one. But I think if you're talking nationally, I think, you know, Indiana is going to make noise. Michigan is going to make noise. Maryland, you know, if they can find that consistent level of play on both sides um, in the absence of Angel Reese, definitely always in the conversation because of Brenda Freeze being able to get the job done. So 
I think it's going to be, it's going to be a blast just to, to watch these teams compete against one yeah. another and, and figure that out. And I think you'll be able to tell a lot more once they play against each other in terms of what they can do on, on the bigger scale of, of the national level of games. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it from, it seems like a deep conference that's not top heavy. Right. I think it's probably deeper than um, the SEC probably right like they're just more team there's more teams in the big 10 that can take down uh, a big opponent than probably any other conference um oh also if you want access to all the stats i just mentioned uh you can do that at herhoopstats.com it's 20 dollars for the year you should go do ah, that i love yeah. it you should also follow us on twitter at uh, herhoopstats and you follow me on twitter at gabe lindsworth ibrahim and you can follow christy at uh, twitter on at Christy W. Scott 5-1 on Twitter and IG. It's all hoops all the time. You'll have, you'll have fun. And, and sometimes I try to be um, sarcastically funny. So you can laugh if you want to, but it's okay if you don't. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got, we got all the, the social ads in. Hooray. Check, check that one off for Gabe. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think the Big Ten's super interesting um, and we're going to be talking about them all year because you'll be on the Big Ten Network for some of these games. Yeah. You're, you did the Michigan State. Uh, who did Michigan State play last night? They played Minnesota last oh. night. How yeah. was that? You know, it, it was tough for Minnesota because, you know, we were just talking about all the issues of, of not having quality practices or practice time with the team and no exhibitions, no scrimmages, uh, not being under the whistle and and how that affects you. And I think for a team like Minnesota, it was really hard. Uh, you know, they had only played eight players up until that time mm. uh, to face Michigan State. They didn't really have good um, continuity. But Lindsay Whalen, I mean, she's super patient. She understands the, the, the situation that they're in. But then last night, you know, they had 10 available players. And, you know, the point guard fouls out. And then they had two players go out with injury. So I'm just like... Oh my gosh. Like it's already hard enough. Like the margin of, of error or the margin of frustration is so small mm -hmm. because you're right there on the line. And you know, when, when things uh, started going wrong, it kind of snowballed for them in that regard. They turned it over a lot, I think because of the, you know, a lot of miscommunication, but also credit Michigan state. They looked very good yesterday and they're in the top three in the country and assist numbers coming in. I think they were averaging almost 26 assists a game coming into it, but they just moved that ball. And I think at least three or four times, at least four players had great a ball reversal in their quarter court sets and they were getting what they wanted on the interior and made the extra passes. They were knocking into threes of penetration and kickouts. They were just making the right reads. And Susie Merchant, I think, you know, she has – uh, a great plan defensively. She's very disruptive um, with her players and the plan on that side of the floor. And I think that paid dividends for them on offense. They got, I don't know how many fast break points it was. I believe it was uh, 29 or 30 to 12 mm -hmm. and um, on fast break points alone. But a lot of that was because of uh, the turnovers by Minnesota. So, I mean, two teams that are, are still – I mean, Michigan State still had some hiccups, you know, because of chemistry and – Yeah, and early, early year. Yeah, but I, I liked what I saw in both teams. I mean, you see the promise in both teams, you know. Um, so that was – it was good to uh, have a conference game at the beginning of December, you know, <laughs> rather than <laughs> the beginning of January. So it's – you're right into the thick of it. So you have to be ready. Like, you have no choice. You have to be ready for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was looking at the, the schedule, um, Michigan schedule, and I didn't see Michigan State. I was like, uh, that can't be right. So they are playing Michigan State, January 28th. Yeah. Uh, actually, January 18th, if everything goes well, will be oh, Michigan okay. State, Michigan, in Ann Arbor. Okay. Um, nice. But yeah, so I mean, you know, we're, we'll be talking about the Big Ten all year. Um, I did want to take us to the ACC, to okay. Maryland's true conference, um, <laughs> to talk <laughs> <laughs> to talk about Louisville because <laughs> right. Louisville I know it's early season rankings and you know it's not that big of a deal because it, when we get to the tournament we'll know and if the team's that good whatever Louisville to me is the clear number one team in the country they beat a ranked DePaul by 41 points 
They yeah. beat Duke last night, Carol Lawson's Duke team, by 24 points. They've won right. every game this year by 21 or more points. They're the 16th best offensive rating out of, 100, out of 294 D1 schools, 114.2 offensive rating, 13th best net, net rating, and they're averaging almost 90 points per game. I, Dana Evans is unbelievable, <laughs> 21 points, almost yeah. five assists per game, 1.8 steals per game. They're, they're elite. On, on defense in terms of steal and block rate, they're dominant on the glass. Like, what more do they need to do to be the number one team? I don't. I can't think of a reason why they are not number one. I respect Stanford. I think they're going to be a yeah. great team. Mm-hmm. These are Stanford's opponents so far. Cal Poly, UNLV, Washington. That's it. Then they right. play Cal in a couple days, in, in like two days. So I, I just don't understand what the argument is for having – Stanford ahead of Louisville. Right. I just think that, you know, when – and I'm not justifying it. I'm just trying to tell you how difficult it is to to make oh, right. those – I can check your – I can check I, your AP <laughs> No, you don't have to check it. Please, Lord, don't do it. No, you can. I mean, it's whatever. But first of all, it is – what are we – You had Louisville at three? Christy. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Connecticut hasn't played a game. I know. So how do you fault them for that? Like they how were do you already, reward them for that? You don't. I'm not rewarded. Like you, it hasn't been proven. So I'm not going to bump UConn down to 25 because all these other teams have had an opportunity, to, well, or 20 or 15. Like they haven't had a chance to play. So what am I going to – okay, that's a demerit. Okay, well, all these teams have played four or five games, and they're winning, and you haven't played, so we're dropping you down out of the top ten. Like, I can't justify that. Other people could maybe do that. Like, every single team, like, there has to be a rhyme or a reason. And, you know, if you're talking about Maryland, for instance, like with the injury to Angel Reese, like, okay, does that give them a demerit because she's injured now? So now I drop them from 12 to 25 because – now she's out of the mix. Like, I can't do that. So it's the same kind of thing. Like, with, you know, South Carolina losing, okay, there's no way they can come back and be number one, right, after that. There's no possible way, right? So UConn hasn't played. So Stanford was number two under South Carolina. So Stanford goes to number one. Because they were number two. South Carolina lost, so bump them up. Because sure. they were already ranked number two. UConn hasn't played. They were number three. So guess what? Now UConn is number two. See, that's the way I think about it. Now, whether it be right or whether it be wrong, that's just how I did it. So, I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And it's, and it's hard because there is no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, for other people, it may have other ways that they figure it out. But Louisville, yeah. number three. So that's just how it came to be. Now, that's not a knock on Jeff Walls and how well they played. I watched that DePaul game, and let me tell you something. They were surgical in that game in yeah. every way. They got what they wanted every single time down on offense. They were disruptive and owned the defensive end. And, I mean, for a 41-point deficit for DePaul, like that I thought was going to be – It wasn't that close either. Like if you watch no, that game, it was like a 50-point no. game yeah. in the third quarter. So it was not as close as that 41-point. Margin. No, 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 no. And, and that's the thing for me. I thought that was going to be, you know, one of the great early games of the season yeah. come down to the wire. And it was just like a mud stomping and I, and, mm-hmm. and, and no discredit to DePaul, but wow, Louisville, right? I mean, they just came in like a machine and yeah. you have to credit what they were able to do. And Dana Evans, my gosh, man, last year's ACC player of the year preseason pick for ACC player of the year right she wants it all she wants she wants player of the year period no yeah. no conference qualifier a player of the year period right now yeah and I think she is that do you I yeah. think she is that I think she and is. yeah and and who's to say uh, Louisville might not make the jump to number one in the coming weeks you know and that's remaining to be seen with what obviously the other two teams ahead of them are, are going to do and once UConn starts to play um, what that looks like. So everything is interchangeable, just like 2020. Mm-hmm. Every day is different. Um, it's uh, a whack-a-mole situation where you know things just keep yes. happening. Um, but with with them, I just think um, you know they're they're a terrific team. And Haley Van Liff, she is fantastic um, as a, a freshman. Who She's is, ready. 
That's just, that's what picked up everything. Yeah, she's ready to go. And Angel Reese has it was similar when I mean, obviously the injury now, but to me it was like she's ready for this. Like she's not. Neither of them were overwhelmed by being in college basketball at all. Right. Right. No. Mm-mm. And that's the thing. It's like you know this Louisville team. I mean, last year they had three fantastic starters uh, that they're missing this mm-hmm. year, and there's no fall off. This is a team that you know maybe has more depth than last year, you know, and, and can go deeper into their bench, especially on the defensive end and how much energy they can apply on that side of the floor. So I just think that Jeff Walls does and his staff, they, they do a great job of preparing their players. And I, I mean, who's to say they won't be up there eventually, but that was my thinking on the, top three no i understand i mean i got i can i can i can be picky about a lot of these things like how's nc state behind south carolina they beat them you know i think i think arkansas should be a little higher i always think i'm gonna say that in every single ranking this year arkansas um but i think they should be a little higher because they beat baylor and that's a huge win um that was that was i know and and it's hard i get it because i think it's hard you're, we're 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 so used to being anchored by our preseason rankings, um, and I think it does provide a good anchor to say, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is what I was thinking about before. I don't like to, you know overreact too much, um, right. but to me, you know, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm an overreactor. So, like, yeah, Louisville, you you, you spank someone on national TV, and everyone's watching, and we're all talking about it. Like, you know, you get up to number one um, for me. Yeah. Um, and oh, how different hard. is it? How yeah. different is it is if they get to play UConn instead? I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be. I mean, as the season unfolds and continues to to unfold, I think it's just going to be totally yeah. uh, intriguing, uh, to say the least, uh, as these games continue to pop up on the schedule and uh, and we get to be treated with great basketball. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for me, if you're at the top of the hill right? And, and the tradition of your program is at the top of the hill. That gives you more credibility as well, right? Because you know the yeah. track record of the coach in charge. You know the track record of the expectations and, and abilities of, of what could be possible. So yes, the upsets are, are great. And they're exciting. Do it again. Yeah. So that's my thing. I'm like, do it again. Okay. All right. You did it that time. That's great. But then don't go lose to two unranked teams after that. Sure. Because then you're showing me you had a great Wednesday, but then mm-hmm. on Saturday and Monday of the, uh, after that, you fell off the cliff. Like I don't, and I know that that can happen to anyone, but at the same time, I don't know. Show me like, yeah. you know, what have you done for me lately is, is how I look at it. Like, and yeah. I get it on both sides of that. What have you done for me lately? Okay. You know, you, you won a championship. You, you only lost one game last year. If you're South Carolina, you're coming into this uh, season with high expectations. So I'm not going to like blow you out of the water because you had a hiccup, right? Mm-hmm. Come back and show me how you respond to losing. Okay. And if you, if you're winning, sustain it sustain it and if you upset a, a a top dog team do it again beat somebody else and and that's how i look at it like you can upset somebody all you want to but let me see you rip off five games like that and then yeah. i'm a believer then i'm like all right they're they're here to stay but don't just show a blip on the screen and then disappear don't do that because to me you know if you're locked and loaded then you are locked and loaded every single game, not just for the big games, you know? Oh, I can get hype because uh, this is a Super Bowl game for us. I can get hype for this because this is the big game. This would be great for our program, la da da. Okay, but then the teams that who aren't ranked, you come out and you play flat because you're not um, mm-hmm. energized by uh, where they're ranked because they're not even in the top 25. So you're just gonna just go through the motions. So that to me is not championship mentality that to me is like you're you're just here for the rah-rah you know if you're legit you're gonna come in and want to crack foreheads every game regardless of who you're playing you should there should be no ebbs and flows to how you approach games and you know that's how I see it and 
You gotta be ready to I, fight. For Louisville, I think we're gonna learn. I think we're gonna, we're gonna learn what you're talk, what you're looking for soon. I mean, they have three home games now: North Carolina, Florida State, Miami. Um, Florida State is probably the best team there. I mean, North Carolina is probably gonna be be better this year. Um, yeah, and they, they played more res- games. Yeah, and they were North Carolina was receiving votes. Oh, okay. Uh, last yeah. week, this past week, yeah. They have been slightly on un- well, they beat South Carolina State by 70, but um they beat they only beat Charlotte by 6. They struggled a little bit against High Point. I think you can uh you can scheme you can scheme a little bit against um against against North Carolina. But it, it'll be a nice test for Louisville and yeah. we'll know, we'll learn more about them. Stanford is a team to me that I really Stanford and UConn obviously. Yeah. Um we're going to know about Stanford relatively soon i forget i I had their first grant well they have they have cal coming up yeah um they have they have usc they'll have ucla on the 21st so they have oh wow they have a they have a really tough stretch here they have four yeah four five a five game road trip to cal usc ucla arizona arizona state then they just have to play oregon at home and then oregon state oh wow so we'll we'll find out <laughs> real quick. Yeah, we'll find out real quick uh, on on Stanford, and then yeah. UConn doesn't have their whole schedule set yet. Uh, right. They should be back to playing, I believe, this weekend. Yeah, that's what I heard. I think Saturday they're playing. Yeah, they're not playing sure who on... their opponent is. Maybe you have that. I think it, but UMass I, I know it's Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'll play UMass Lowell. So that'd be uh, nice to get a tune-up game. Um, yeah. No disrespect to UMass Lowell, but yeah. uh, of course. Um, then they got then they got Butler and Seton Hall, and they'll be in the Big East um, for a little bit. And then come January is when we'll know because they got they traveled to Baylor early mm-hmm. February. We got South Carolina and UConn. Mm-hmm. God willing, that came. Please, <laughs> just please, please don't pull the plug on that one, man. Day of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, really I'm gonna, I, I yeah. really need that game to happen. <laughs> I know. Um, we'll see. Man, I was gonna go in this year. Bro. You know, I'm mad because like I was gonna go to these some of these games in Connecticut. Like it's not that far, right? I was, I was me and Alexa Phillip who were like making plants, like go to the <laughs> the Bubbleville at Mohegan Sun. Whatever. It's I life. know. It's, it's rough, life. isn't it, man? Yeah. yeah, it's right. It's easy for us though, you know, comparatively, right? right? Exactly. We can sit here and talk about basketball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of, I want to ask you about uh, yeah. some WNBA stuff. Oh. Um, so Vicki Johnson, officially yeah. hired by the Dallas Wings. Um, she will be the only active black woman head coach in the WNBA, which I, we talked about it when Brian Agler got fired. We did. That, um you know, when you're selecting from these pools, you're going to have a bunch of qualified people. You're going to have a bunch of people that can do the job. You're going to have to trust. And when you're picking from that pool, we said it should be a black woman. And yep. ideally, it should be a former WNBA player mm-hmm. um, to kind of establish that pipeline. Vicki Johnson is both of those. Uh, she's yep. the second former WNBA player that is currently active as a head coach. The other one being Sandy Rondello. Right. Um, this is Vicky's second go-round. She's 8-26 in 2017 with the San Antonio Stars before they moved to Las Vegas and hired Bill Lambeer. She stayed on as an assistant there. And she, I think, to me, head coaching hires are always, are always toss-ups in the pros because you, ne- you never quite know what the situation is going to be. I mean, the, the person could be a great head coach and it may not work out. Um, right. But to me, this is a great hire. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's extremely important that they hired a black woman um, and it shows that the league is listening to us. How important is it from that perspective for the WNBA? Oh, I think it's huge. I think it's huge. You you can't just talk about it. You have to be about it. And that's what the WNBA embraces on, on all things. So for this position to be available and open, mm-hmm. it's just great to see um, the opportunity be given to um, someone like Vicki Johnson, who – in spite of the color of her skin, is more than capable (laughs) to lead uh, a group of young women in a league that she played in and excelled in for so long. And for her to to have the experience 
of coaching in the league as well. Uh, I think that that bodes well moving forward. And I just think for the the youth movement that Dallas has right now, I mean, they're incredibly talented. They have a, a superb core to work with uh, players who are going to be uh, listening with intention and they want to learn from someone like Vicki Johnson, who knows the ropes uh, on in all ways, you know, as a player and, and a coach, obviously, I, I just think that it's going to be fun to watch how that grows and, and continues to um, be great. I mean, you're, we're talking about a Dallas team that just missed the playoffs last year, super young, you know, with Satu Sable and Arike Agumbawale and wow. I mean, you can go on and on and just with them getting the, the second, um, pick this year in the draft lottery, you know, I just, last week at the end of last week, when they had that, I just think that, you know, they can continue to build their young core and have a third year player in Enrique and then have Satu being in her second season, and then some uh, stud at, at number two coming in, in the draft. I mean, come yeah. on, we're looking at a lot of promise and a lot of positivity coming out of the Dallas wings organization yeah. right now. Yeah, and you mentioned, so the, the draft lottery was at the halftime of that Louisville-DePaul game. Um, yes. And New York got the first pick, Dallas got the second pick, Atlanta got the third pick, Indiana got the fourth pick. We, we can circle back to that. Uh, but I am wondering what the expectations are for um, Vicki Johnson. Obviously, I, like I said, she's very qualified. I think this is a great hire. It could easily not work out, right? It mm -hmm. depends, because you, you got to put – um, Dan Levitard says this all the time. It's like, uh, happiness is expect as uh, reality minus expectations. Oh, I think that's I like that. right. Right. I so like it's it. going to be, it's going to be whatever expectations they have for her. Now year one, I think reasonably they should, they could make the playoffs, but I'm not sure you necessarily need to say, okay, you need to make the playoffs this year. I think this year, right is a culture building year. I mean, you got, you're going to have pretty much everyone back. Alicia Gray is their only free agent and she's restricted. So they, they have plenty of space to bring her back. They could go chase it in some other big free agents. I'm not sure how much of an appetite they're going to have for that. But right. to me, I'm, I, to, my thought would be, let's build. Like you mentioned, we have this group here. Satu, Arike, Kayla Thorpe, yeah. Marina Mabry. Uh, you, you know, you have, you have a bunch, Ty Harris. Yeah. You have a bunch of pieces here that long-term can, I think, get to a, a, a near championship level. Right. But I don't think in year one, you're saying we got to make the playoffs, Vicky. Like you have right. to make the playoffs. Like yeah, exactly. if you wanted that, you should have kept Ryan Agler. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think that the expectations are going to be um, set to an unattainable space you know for Vicky Johnson I, I think that you know with Greg Bibb leading the way you know he used to be here in DC with the mm -hmm. Washington Mystics so I know um, how he operates in terms of wanting the best obviously for everyone involved and that pressure is not going to be in place for Vicky yeah. Johnson as a coach and he knows uh, Greg Bibb knows that he has a young core and they were right there on the on the cusp they were right there on the cusp of qualifying for the playoffs. Was, uh, what was it? A half game, I believe, for yeah. going back to the end of the season there. A half game out of the playoff picture. Like, come on. They're right there. So they're ready just to get over that hump. Um, extra year of experience for his top players there. And, and then adding a great piece at, at the second pick. I think, you know, I think it bodes well. But I don't think that's going to bring Vicky Johnson any kind of pressure yeah. by any means to, you know, win a championship you know, in year one. Yeah. I mean, I and, and, and like you said, they could get to the playoffs. I mean, we're, I don't know though. I mean, just look at the standings, like Washington's going to get better because they're bringing back someone named Elena Deldon. Uh -huh, yeah. Connecticut's bringing back John Quell Jones, hopefully mm. like, you know, this is, uh, it's hard. It's going to be hard to crack yeah. that top eight unless something crazy happens in free agency which it might you never know but yeah i mean cambage too and vegas coming back yeah. i mean but then you know you have the whole question mark of you know now with the olympics being moved to 2021 you know uh, emma Mieseman, you know yeah. what how's that going to impact her how's that going to impact a player like cambage and you know 
these international players who are going to participate in the Olympics. Like what's that going to look like if they aren't playing or they miss a ton of games because of their international responsibilities with their national teams. Yeah. That's going to be, and there's the European championships too. And on top of that, you're going to have the, the whole European professional season kind of got moved back. We just had Euro leagues, the first round of Euro leagues, which by the way, this is a complete aside, but go watch um, Marine Johannes's 38 point performance for Lyon uh, against uh, Prague, which is Alyssa Thomas's team. Right. There's highlights of that. You should go watch that because she is just so amazing. I love her game. I really uh, hope she comes over. Yeah. But it is going to be tough for the Euros to come over um, this season just because there's there's so much happening and there will be uncertainty with the WNBA season. Not that we're, it ha- it's more of how it's going to happen rather than if it's going to happen this time around. Um, right. So we'll we'll have to see how that's going to all work. But the draft lottery did happen. Um, New York gets number one pick. I think Kevin Pelton had a tweet laying out uh, when teams got the consecutive number number one overall picks. Uh-huh. Seattle did it uh, with Lauren Jackson and Sue Bird, which I say would worked out pretty well. Uh, Seattle did right. it again. <laughs> Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Stewart, which again has worked out pretty well. And uh, then uh, Las Vegas slash San Antonio got three straight with Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, Jackie Young. Right. All of that worked out really well, so much so that those teams were in the finals two years after their last number one overall pick. So New York right. would be the start of, of, a, of a, what would it be, 2023 finals run? Hey, crazy? you never know. Hey, no, hey, I think that's definitely a possibility. I mean, that was the youngest team in the league last mm-hmm. year. Was, was it six or seven of their players were under 24? They said they had seven rookies, something like seven that. rookies, and they were they were babies. So you know, great upside, a healthy Sabrina and Eskew. Let's go. I mean, there's hope in the city of New York. Yeah, and I think um, I think they're going to be aggressive in free agency. I want to say, Jonathan Cobb, the GM, he mentioned that uh, uh-huh. in the in his press conference after winning number one overall pick. Uh, they're going to be aggressive in free agency. So I think they're, they're not waiting around. They know they got, they know they got Sabrina. They know they have a future um, that starts soon. Um, and I right. think they're going to be, they're going to be doing, they're going to making big strides. The draft is going to be weird. Uh, Cause we, we don't, and he, and then I, I asked all the coaches about this. Like, we don't know who's going to be in the draft. Everyone could come back. Um, and I think uh, Nikki Collin, uh, the dream set coach, she mentioned Michaela Pivik, uh, the third Atlanta's third round pick last year mm-hmm. as a player who would have gone back to Oregon state had she had the opportunity. Um, so I think there are some players, I don't think like a Dana Evans is coming back because I mean, at, yeah, at this point, what else is, yeah. what, what else are you going to do? Right. What but, else do you have to prove either? Like you, what yeah. else you have to prove? Like, you know, other than winning it all, like I'm sure she wants to win it all. So that's my question. All right, let's let's ask <laughs> let's ask Christy uh, Christy Winters, a a senior at Maryland, uh, in, rightly playing in the ACC. Um, <laughs> so if you're it, let's so uh, this was 1990. Let's uh, so your team does not win the championship. Oof. After four years of playing, you have an opportunity to play for one more year no strings attached or you could go to the WNBA draft and be, let's say, you know, probably a, a late first round pick, early second round pick just for this. Cause I, you know, I have no doubt that you would be up in the first round and, just for this exercise in, in there somewhere. Right. Okay. <laughs> so late first rounder, early second rounder, you have the option to go back. What is Christy Winters do? Wow. Right. I've been asked a lot of tough questions. <laughs> Gabe, but that one, I think that is like probably the best question I've ever been asked. And I don't know if I have an answer. Let me see. Okay. So if Do you I'm want me to tell you the salary of, of what you would be making? No, because listen, I would play for, and, and it doesn't make sense. And I know people probably say like, wow, that's not true. I would play for free. I would play pro for free at, at, okay. like, at that point. Like, it's not about like, well, if they hand me enough coins, if they hand me a bag, uh, I would do that. I, that's not me. Some people are like that. 
and that's fine. But that's not, I, that would not entice me to bounce out. Like for okay. me, I think the decision making in that circumstance would be how I felt in my heart. Like what, what would we have coming back? Like in terms of teammates, how we play in terms of rhythm, um, you know, if it's just me and five or, or, you know, four freshmen on the floor, I would be like, I'm leaving. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if, if everything stayed pat and we had the team that we had senior year and we had, you know, juniors and seniors with a ton of experience behind us and we could all come back and do it again, I'm staying. I think other than that. Would it have I'm, had to have been I'm, like I'm court? leaving. Huh? Would you would you have it have been like coordinated like you would have to like have had this talk with the rest of your team first? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then okay, we're all coming back. We're all yes, we're all doing it or we're all not. Like I don't want like you know piecemeal like well maybe band aid over here holding the boat over there. No thanks. Like if we're gonna do it, we're gonna all come back and do it. You hear me? But mm-hmm. if we're not all coming back. I'm gonna go ahead and go to the WNBA. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and leave. And I don't care how much, like, I, hey, I just wanna play and I wanna compete at a high level with uh, experienced, high level competitors who are gonna hold me accountable and expect for me to do the same for them when we're trying to achieve a team goal. So I, I think that's what I would do. Yeah. That's yeah. a great question. Wow, that was right. great mental gymnastics and I appreciate it. So uh, just for just, I mean, I know this is not your part of your decision making, but uh, starting salary for a pick between eight and 12 in the WNBA draft is $64,000 in year one. The four-year contract would be worth a shade over $284,000 to me. I'm probably going for that because like, (laughs) I I love college, but. You're like, see you later. I mean, if I have my degree. Yeah. Like you would just—that would be a no-brainer. That would be a no-brainer. You would just like bounce out. I mean, it depends. Consider like staying. It depends, right? Like I'm sure it would depend also like where I went. Like so, if I went to Miami, which is my school, I'm like, and we're close to the championship, Mm -hmm. I may be coming back just because I'm like, this is my school. But if I just went, you know, if I'm not like me, I'm more of a pragmatic person who went to you know, the best school I can, if like I went to UConn or something like, yeah, I'm going to go. I mean, UConn's going to be fine. They're going to have a championship team behind me, you know, right. like, so I'd probably go. <laughs> I don't, it's just, it's also like you, and, and this is some another thing that coach Colin uh, brought up during her, during the post draft lottery press conference. It's like, you only have a finite number of years to make money playing sports. That's true too. And it's just like, yeah, you know, being in college is great and there is like very good value um it's not the same money as you would get in WNBA but the value proposition of being able to stay and eat for free with nutritionists and you know the whole the whole shebang that college athletes get like that's not nothing right um but man you know there's However. only so much there's only so much time you got to really play in the in the league i think if you have the opportunity to do that i think most players are going to take it but yeah i think it will affect some players I, hear I think yeah. the most interesting range will be that sort of late first round, early second round mm-hmm. group. Cause I think the top right. players are probably going to stay. They're probably going to go. And I think once you get to the third round, I think we're going to see more players. Like if you're getting a third round grade, like you may as well go back cause you might increase your draft stock. Um, right. But in that, in that late first round grouping, I think there could be some players that surprise and say, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I want to come back. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, and I think, you know, it all depends also this year in particular, back to uh, 2020 yeah. <laughs> with, um, you know, with the circumstance of, you know, how many games are you actually going to play? I mean, we already yeah. spoke about how UConn hasn't even started their season yet. So, you know, what if this is your senior year and you're at UConn, right? Mm-hmm. And even though they have no seniors this year, but just, you know, you know, yes. <laughs> prognosticate with me here. But if you're a senior, yeah, hypothetical. If you if you haven't played a game yet, you're a senior. I mean, don't you want a quality senior experience? Uh, if you can get it in a safe manner, absolutely. So, if they're saying, "Hey, you can get this year back," 
and I'm like a senior and I'm thinking, man, I got, I'm air quoting robbed of 10 games, you know, during my senior year. And I have the possibility to come back and, and not lose any eligibility and all of that, man, that's enticing right there because mm-hmm. you want to give it your all, you know, especially, I mean, the sense of urgency is built into a senior. So I just think it, it would be, it would be interesting to see who would, who would sacrifice that notion and just go, you know, in spite of, um, you know, missing a, a third of your senior year. So yeah. it's intriguing to think about. I think we'll get a better idea as the year goes on. I mean, there's all, there's also like a bunch of weird, like cap stuff. Like, yeah. you know, usually players have to, if you're a junior, you have to declare for the draft. 10 days before the draft, but technically this year, everyone has remaining eligibility. So it's like, yeah. how are you going to like, do you, does that rule apply to every single player? Like every single player now has to say we're well, I'm leaving this year or, right, you know, right. it, it, there's a bunch of little things that go into this. So it, this draft is going to be uh, probably from that perspective, the most interesting we've had in a long time, just of, yeah, we don't know who's going to be a part of it. And I think for the yeah. teams, it's, it's tough too, because first off, you're not able to go see these players in person. Right. Um, and that's, that's a huge, you know, part of this is seeing a player in person play and talk sure. to a coach and all that. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, you gotta, you gotta make sure your pool is wide enough so that if there is a, a, a lot of players who are kind of saying, well, we're going to come back, then you have enough players to pick from. Um, especially with these teams like New York and, Dallas to have multiple draft picks in each round mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be it's gonna be super interesting and we'll talk about it more when the draft comes did you know that there's games on right now in the middle of the day oh I uh, I, I am away from the tube but tomorrow uh-huh. I have a three o'clock game oh really yeah and that's that's pretty crazy right Wisconsin yeah. and Rutgers women that is a good game too yeah grind it That'll out be a good game. You know? Mar- Marquette and Cincinnati are playing right now. Oh, boy. Oh, and then we got Clemson, Virginia at three. Weird. Okay. It is <laughs> such a weird. <laughs> During the day. This hey, is uh, weird. Mat- matinee hoops. Matinee college. I love it. <laughs> I love I it. Stay up late. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen once we get close to it with the WNBA free agency yeah. and the NBA, and then we're getting to the brackets. And then it's like my brain by, you know, <laughs> March, it's going to, it's going to be just like a puddle on the ground. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. It's hoop dreams. That's all. Game yeah. is hoop dreams. It's a good thing. That's <laughs> good stuff. As this edition of Courtside with Christian Gabe has been such a blast to chat with you, my friend, always fun to sit courtside with you and so much to discuss every week right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Make sure you guys subscribe, make comments, and take a listen weekly and meet us right back here on Courtside next time. Thanks for listening.